0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to opening up the tent podcast. It has been a while, friends. I'm Father Craig T. Hallway, pastor at Mary Queen of Peace Parish in Webster Groves, Missouri, with me always a member of our community and a good friend, Jimmy Vreeland. Jimmy, how are you doing today?
1: I am great, Father Craig. Great to be back on the podcast circuit.
0: It's it's been a while, you know. It's been a while. We had one there before Christmas, and then um, we, we kind of went into a a, a post Christmas New Year's January hibernation, and now we're uh, now we're back at it. So um, oh. go ahead, man. I
1: did. I did post our monk in the meathead um, excellent oh, yeah. conversation.
0: Yeah, so I hope uh, I hope you all uh, were able to uh, to hear that that was a kickoff uh, for the Exodus ninety uh, apostolate here at, at MQP. So, um, how's your experience going so far, Jimmy?
1: Uh, I'm loving Exodus.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: making friends, uh, getting tighter with people, and then yeah. um, I kind of in I've enjoy is not the right word for the asceticism, but it. I'm enjoying living a simpler life. How's that?
0: Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And then we also have a, a group of women doing beloved ninety, and I know that that uh, that program is is going really well. In fact, I'll be I'll be at a retreat day with them on uh, on Saturday this coming Saturday, so I'm really looking forward to that. So we've got a lot going on here, friends, and um, we want to today uh, talk a little bit and uh, reflect on um a, a word that gets thrown a lot around a lot and has a deep meaning for us uh catholic christians and so uh friends uh strap on uh, your kilt and uh your inner brave heart because today we're gonna talk about freedom that was How's a that? great segue i didn't i didn't see that coming you didn't see that I coming swear. i was channeling my, my inner my inner William Wallace. Yeah. What will you do without freedom? Uh, I wish I had a, uh, I wish I had a, a great uh Scottish accent, but William Wallace uh brings up a, a great point, right? I mean, if you've ever seen that movie, uh, you know that that movie is all about uh, freedom, right? And that's sort of secular. We're going to get to this in a little deep, right? But I love that question, you know, that he he yells at the army, you know, before they march into that first major battle, right? What will you do without your freedom, right? It's a great, uh, poignant question. So uh, that's where we're going to go here today, friends. So if you're... Uh, If you're doing Exodus 90, you are hearing a lot about this as you make your way through the asceticisms and the reading of of the book of of Exodus and also uh, the reflections. Uh, And then if you're doing Beloved 90, you're also getting this same introduction to what it means to be beloved, what it means to be known and loved uh, and then what it means to know and love and to be free to do that. Um so why don't we why don't we start via negativa um Jimmy why don't you um pop off a little bit about uh freedom its its definition as you know it and experience it and then sort of the um uh the the maligned well no that's not the right word this sort of marred I think that's the word you used a minute ago the marred understanding of what freedom is so let's go dive in tap into your inner brave heart Jimmy
1: okay uh um, so I do we were talking earlier I do think this is the most malaligned word ever like, mal like that's
0: the word you use mal yeah go ahead
1: but uh like you know what the sign at the at Auschwitz was like you open the door. Oh, it's, uh, Arbach. uh, work makes you free. Uh, I forget the yeah. by fry or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that to me is the worst example of it. And then the Bolsheviks, yep. the Bolsheviks were all about freedom. Like you will right. be, we'll free you from religious constraints and you'll be free. in the, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, utopian proletariat of the working man. Right, right. Right. And, and then I I kind of struggled with this. Um when I was getting, you know, I majored in philosophy at West Point, which was a very interesting experience, right? <laughs> right. But what I realized is like I was in a place of maximum constraint and everything I was studying in philosophy and every political philosophy is all selling freedom. And I was like, whoa. Right. Right. What's going? So the Bolsheviks were selling – the communists are selling freedom. The Marxists are selling freedom. uh, The Nazis were selling freedom for one race. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mussolini sell another version of freedom. And then as Americans, we have our version of freedom. Yeah. And I'm just – French Revolution, they were selling – everybody's selling – Everybody's selling this word, but who's actually (laughs) uh, living it or really selling it? And then, well, in, or if I lim- yeah, keep going in my limited study. And now uh, it's a case study of one and I have, I'm mm-hmm. very biased, but I, th- I think, and I even kind of, I learned about this really in high school
0: yeah. in
1: Catholic theology classes, but I think the people actually selling, f- not selling freedom, actually giving a pathway to freedom is the Catholic Church. <laughs>
0: right. How how
1: how do you remember what your first
0: experience of that was? Can you maybe talk a little bit about what your first experience of, of, of that feeling was?
1: Yeah, it was watching Braveheart. So it's wow. like, wait a minute. Okay, so we're, we're gonna be free from the English king, but we're gonna be now serfs to the Scottish Lord. Who cares?
0: Right. Right. What's the difference? Right. right, and then
1: William Wallace to fight for that freedom, he took on maximum constraints and yeah, pretty pretty much took on a life of guerrilla warfare,
0: which is right, right,
1: not what you would think of freedom.
0: Right, yeah, I that, that that's a great point, and and as we you know another great representation of this, one that gets very convoluted so. Yeah, the story of, of Braveheart, of course, is pretty straightforward, but what where it gets even more convoluted would be something like the Matrix movies, right? Have you ever seen the Matrix movies? Yeah, you know, those yeah. three, you know, so the, those movies are really about freedom and being free from, you know, the being connected to the Matrix. And, and there's a lot of Christian themes. There's a lot of philosophical themes, a lot of political theory Whoa. going on in those movies.
1: I, I'm having a flashback. You're bringing me up my college days, but did you ever read On the Road?
0: Uh, yeah, Jack Kerouac. Uh huh, sure.
1: Yeah, I everybody's like, Jack Kerouac on the road, this book's awesome. And I got done with it, and like, this guy's a piece of crap. He left his kids, he's a hobo, <laughs> right? Right, but that's right. a version of freedom. It's like, oh, I want to be free from my responsibilities I have to the children I created, and oh, I don't want this pesky job, so I'm just gonna go. That's right. Ride the rails. And I was like, wait a minute. I I hated that book. I couldn't stand it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. A definitely a misapplication, a, a misunderstanding and a misapplication of freedom so i think maybe you know the the listeners might be starting to get you know what we're getting at here and that this you know this misunderstanding and this misapplication of what true freedom is and so what what we're trying to get at here is that our conception of freedom is in sort of a secular way is this idea of being free from constraint right don't fence me in, right? That's a, a country music song, right? Don't fence me in, you know, Gene Autry or whatever. Um, but this whole idea of being constrained, right? Um, that, that's this sort of secular idea of freedom. And the Catholic Christian idea of freedom is much different from that and much deeper than that. So let's just set the stage for a little minute, for a minute. Jimmy just got finished saying that he is listening to the Bible, uh, I'm sorry, the Catechism in the Year uh, podcast. Okay, so this podcast is put out by Father Mike Schmitz, who is also the um, uh, originator of the Bible in a Year podcast, which at one time was the most downloaded podcast uh, in the podcast universe. And, um, I would hazard a guess that it still gets millions of downloads. And so he also did this catechism. So we're going to be referring to the catechism. And if you're not familiar with the catechism, I want to encourage you to download and listen to father Mike Schmidt's catechism in a year podcast. It's very well done. And, um, the, the catechism can true. It, it, it can be intimidating because it's a big fat book. Um, but it can also be remarkably transformative for you. So we recommend that to you. So the section on freedom in the catechism falls into the um the second part of the catechism, which is called life in Christ. And it's what we would probably call the sort of the the, the moral section of the catechism, having to do with morality and the catechism offers several paragraphs on on freedom it's article 3 and it begins on paragraph 1730 okay so the the paragraph the catechism is broken up into paragraphs and so we're we're beginning at paragraph 1731 and here is and then i'm i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the textbook definition i'm going to give you the monk approach and then Jimmy is going to give you the meathead approach. All right, here we go. The Monk and the Meathead hereby present freedom. Should we should we change the name of the podcast to that? You know what we got? That did we, come up. it did come up at the uh, at the Exodus ninety kickoff. Yeah, that was going to be, folks. That was going to be the original uh, title. And just so that we're clear, uh, I'm the monk. Um, so with that being said, uh, yeah, that that I mean, the the motion is on the table. Uh, we will need a second um, from a uh, responsible adult, and then we can uh, go on from there. So I'm not opposed to it, of course. Uh, but just so that we're clear, I'm going to be the monk.
1: Got it. Yeah, you, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> Here we go, friends. Here is the definition of freedom from the catechism, paragraph 1731. Listen closely. Freedom is the power rooted in reason and will to act or not to act, to do this or that, and so to perform deliberate actions on one's own responsibility. Okay, let me repeat that. Every word of this is very important. Freedom is the power rooted in reason and will to act or not to act, to do this or that, and so to perform deliberate actions on one's own responsibility. Now, that's a very different understanding from sort of Americanized freedom, right? This freedom from constraint. So let's dive into this. Jimmy, your initial reactions to that.
1: The word responsibility.
0: Yeah, go. Keep going.
1: Uh so and then it, I yeah, I don't know if it's outside the scope of this podcast, but like the reason I love this country so much is because people are free. And like yeah. you you give people freedom. Look what's happened over the last 275 years. Yeah humans be, become the most productive, most ingenious. It's amazing when you give, um, you allow humans to exercise their God given freedoms and their God given gifts and then interact with each other. Like, great things can happen.
0: Right. Amen.
1: But, Amen. So, like, that's why I've always loved the country. That's why going to the army was awesome. It was yeah. like, these guys were geniuses who figured this out. Right. But, but even the American experiment has gone too far. Like I, I went mm-hmm. down a le- deep libertarian hole, like in my late 30s, yeah, and to like individualism and all that type of stuff. And all libertarianism was about was freedom constri- constraint.
0: Yeah, right, right. And then, whole, don't fence me in anything or anybody. Don't fence me in. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I want no obligations to no church, to no to any government. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're cool with sure. Have some obligations to your family but like um and then so i've always struggled with this like freedom from something or freedom to something and then bishop Barron, one day i forget where he said it but he's like the catholic frame is we have freedom to pursue excellence versus freedom from constraint so right bingo it's like to my to my brain i'm like wait am i trying to free myself from a constraint that's I don't know what exactly that is, but it's not freedom. But if if free myself to pursue an ex- excellence or pursue an um, be great at a responsibility I have, that's true freedom.
0: Right, right, exactly, right. And that's and that's where we we arrive at our first sort of re, let's call it a redefinition of freedom through a Catholic lens, right. Notice the definition, right? Freedom is the ability. It's the power, okay, rooted in reason and will to either act or not to act, to do this or that. And so this, you are as free to not do something as you are to do something. But remember where the church orients this uh section on freedom it or it places it in the moral section the morality section the 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 section that has to do with our actions and so we are free to do one thing and we are free to do another thing and we are also free to not do something but when the church places this essay on in the moral section there the church is inviting us to reflect on our actions and not necessarily this americanized ideal of freedom from constraint i remember growing up as a kid and uh and you know we would misbehave and and uh mom and dad would say um why can't you boys just control yourselves? You know, and we would say something stupid, you know, like, oh well, you know, my brother made me do this. And and I can remember my parents saying something like, no, no, you you did that, right? That's you're responsible for your actions. And we all know this. We all know that and that's how the catechism ends, right? And so this paragraph. And so we perform our actions According to one's own responsibility. In other words, I'm responsible for what I do and I'm responsible for what I don't do. And I am free to do both of them. Now, that then begs, go ahead.
1: Doesn't that infer that everyone has, I read that as they're inferring, is everyone has some responsibility?
0: Absolutely. And then, and then, and so that's a great segue. So then the question becomes, okay, well, then what determines what I do and what I don't do? Well, that comes from the very first part of this sentence, rooted in reason and in will. So my conscience, my reason, my rationality, and my will are connected. And what I know should dictate what I do. And so if I know something is wrong, I don't do that. And if I know something is right, I do that. And this is the point. I'm free to do either one of those things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I hope... So I want I want the listener to just ponder on that for just a moment, right? This So let me let me repeat that, right? So a well my my conscience formed and informed which dictates what I know and what I know to be wrong and what I know to be right and so i don't do that which is wrong and i do that which is right and i am free to do either one of those things that's freedom but and this is where the 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 this is where jesus christ enters the discussion following jesus and the way of the gospel he tells us that by avoiding that which we know to be wrong and doing that which we know to be right leads us to excellence. And that's the Christian journey. That's the way of the gospel. In fact, the catechism goes on to say, there is no true freedom except in striving for the good and the just. Think about that for a moment. You are not truly free if you're always pursuing that which is wrong and unjust. Catechism then goes on. I'm going to say this and I'm going to stop talking, Jimmy, because you look, you got something to say. Uh, Oh, I got a
1: warning. Secular Jimmy's coming back for questions.
0: (laughs) All right. Hang on. (laughs) The more one does the good, the freer one becomes. Let me repeat that. The more one does what is good, the freer one becomes. There is no true freedom except in the service of what is good and just. That is true freedom, the freedom to be excellent, the freedom to be holy. Okay, friends, please meet my new friend,
1: Secular Jimmy. (laughs) Hey, Craig. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well well played well played sir
1: (laughs) okay yo but i i you know i feel truly free when i'm able to pursue my most immediate and hedonistic desires it's a ton of fun
0: right right and i don't have to
1: be bothered by your rules i get to sleep in on Sunday, I get right. to, uh, pretty, if I have an urge, I love satisfying it.
0: Right. That
1: feels like freedom to me, not, not all these constraints.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And then, so, so the question then becomes, uh, Jimmy, uh, are you truly free? Are you free? Yes, you've satisfied your desire, you've shit you've satiated an appetite, but did you ever look at it this way? Is it possible, perhaps, that you are actually enslaved to your appetite and you can't even control yourself?
1: Go so back, and like, um, uh, yeah, like the other thing about appetites is if you satiate it, they don't get smaller. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Right, and, when, when you eat and you binge, you know, it's a weird thing. Like, let's say you go have a nice binge weekend, right? And you wake up Monday, it really hurting. There's yeah. a stronger desire to take two extra shots the next weekend. Right. That's weird.
0: Right. Right. And, and, and the fact is that, Over time, those choices will have a detrimental effect, detrimental consequences. Right. I mean, we were probably told this when we were growing up, right. And our dads probably told us, you know, when we drank too much on Friday night or if we went out on a Sunday night, you know, at least my dad used to tell us this, right. Um, If you want to pay, I'm sorry, if you want to play, you're going to have to pay, you know, and, 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 and that's just the way. And so now take it to take it to the sort of the end of the end of the spectrum. And you can just imagine if somebody were constantly um, enslaved to their appetites, you can imagine the kind of chaos that would enter into their life if their singular approach was the satisfaction or their singular priority and goal was the satisfaction of their appetites. Can you imagine right. the kind of chaos life. in
1: their life? We see that with addicts, right?
0: That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and all that I'm saying is that addiction, addiction can come in many forms. And so, we shouldn't be so quick to say oh well that just happens to alcoholics that just happens to people who are addicted to pornography right those are people who end up in rock bottom or whatever and what i'm what i'm offering for an honest introspective moment here is are there places in my own life where i am enslaved to something that takes priority in my life over and above freedom could be work could be spending 70 or 75 hours or 80 hours a week at work are you truly free so you can see how something like addiction while a very obvious example of being enslaved that's just one one way in which enslavement can hold us. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it's just it's this. I don't know if the word's weird, but it's this incredibly interesting paradox to me that by yeah. I, this is kind of from St. Paul, right? By disciplining, well, this is the next definition of Catholic freedom. But by disciplining your desires, yeah, you attain freedom.
0: Exactly exactly right yeah if you were so i i think i mentioned um i don't know if i mentioned on this podcast but i'm um i know i've mentioned it a couple times in a couple different venues but i'm on this diet thing i'm trying to lose some weight here um as i get older um you know i'm either going to lose it or i'm going to keep it so i might as well try to lose so uh, i'm i'm trying to say no uh, just to go back to this idea about um about disciplining my desire, you know, so I've got a pretty uh, acute sweet tooth. And what I'm trying to do is practice the freedom to say no. Well, I mean, I can say yes, I could say yes all day long to dessert, I could probably find an excuse to have dessert after all three meals, breakfast included. But then again, is that true freedom? Yes, you can do it. But are. Am I, am I a slave to my desire is my desire controlling me, my reason and my will. And what I would say is, yes, it is. If you can't help, but to have dessert after every three meal, after all three meals, you are not free. Your appetite, your desire is, is running roughshod over your will and so this second definition of freedom of disciplining our desires sets us up to not only be free but to attain the good and i think that's where you know secular jimmy might say oh well you're just you're just you're just trying to control me right <laughs> how is that how is that impersonation of second jimmy
1: <laughs> Craig you're just part of the patriarch you're just trying to get in my business
0: no you're no. part
1: of the evil patriarch that's been oppressing people for 2000 years
0: <laughs> i'm trying not to laugh i was trying not to laugh i can't do it he's funny isn't he folks uh, listen, yeah. So by, by so, you know, so so secular Jimmy is going to come back and say, um, well, I mean, you know, again, I it, it's up to me to decide. Right. And And all that we're saying is that if we're not careful, our desires will end up controlling our reason and our will, and they will run roughshod over us.
1: And then this is the second Bishop Behring definition of freedom. It's disciplining desire so that the good becomes inevitable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it.
1: And, and the way he describes it is like a golf game or what an athlete does. hmm Like there's I a million different ways. Well, yeah, there's a million different ways you could uh, shoot a jump shot or uh, a golf shot, right? Yeah. A, a million different ways, but not every way works. And so, oh, yeah, like St- Steph Curry shoots five hundred shots a day. He has to yeah. discipline that motion so that it be you know he can be in the middle of an NBA final, have 30,000 people screaming at him, five guys guarding him, and it's he still sinks sinks a three pointer. Yeah, yeah, but he yeah. or the a golfer like they did discipline that desire so that when they show up on game day it's just inevitable exactly
0: exactly yeah kind of like muscle memory right so the 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 golf pro yeah. the go- the golfer who hits you know 500 balls even before he uh hits the first tee right his muscles are conditioned and they remember how to function and then now go back to this, this, this paragraph 1733 from the Catechism. The more one does the good, the freer one becomes. In other words, the more I do the good, the easier it becomes, the healthier it becomes, because it becomes habitual, And so every time we execute freedom, as Jesus teaches us to do, we, we become more free. And then it just, it just cycles itself. It just cycles itself. The, the better we become at, at disciplining our desires, the easier it becomes. And so so, so now now let's then transition to the third definition, the sort of the third understanding. And that is, and this kind of goes back to moral action. This goes back to the responsibility part. We are free to pursue what we ought to do. Right. So remember we talked about
1: I, I got this from is this from, where does this come from? For I remember from Pope John Paul II.
0: Yeah. Uh so very, like very veritatis splendor that's the name of the document veritatis splendor his document on on freedom
1: go ahead and he wrote this when the berlin wall was falling right and communism's collapsing
0: correct correct
1: and the funniest thing about that is like you got schultz and niskin and Pope john paul ii but when communism was collapsing all the americans wanted to pat themselves on the back and be like man we're awesome and we won right yeah, but then you you have these freedom fighters from behind the uh, uh, what did they call the wall in Berlin?
0: Oh, the Berlin uh, Wall.
1: Oh, the Berlin Wall. Yeah. <laughs> so you get you have all these freedom fighters from the communist bloc not being like, hey, America. They right. were like, hey, what you got going on isn't exactly complete freedom either, right? And so. Pope John Paul II was like, we don't – you you Westerners do not have the freedom you have to go free yourself from constraint, chase vices. Right. You do have this freedom to pursue what you ought to do. Right, right. And like, it's, Schultz and Nitzke said the same thing. Like, your guy's freedom for hedonism is not freedom. Uh, he actually right. got – he he said this at Harvard, and he got – eviscerated by people there like yeah because everybody thought everybody thought people from behind the 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 soviet block would be like america yeah we're the best right but that was not right. the reaction
0: right exactly yeah yeah i mean just think about something too you know just think about something more benign um I don't know if you're a, co- I'm a coffee drinker, right? I mean, I just automatically get a coffee, a cup of coffee in the morning, sometimes too. You know, I, I just automatically do that. And my, my, my brain, my will says, oh, I'm choosing to have this cup of coffee. But what in actuality is happening is is that I've become chemically dependent and my muscle memory has simply habituated the behavior. And I think what you're getting at here from Veritatis Splendor and and Solzhenitsyn and John Paul II, Veritatis Splendor, uh, friends, it's a a papal document, an encyclical, um, the beauty of truth. That's what Veritatis Splendor is. That's what it means in Latin, uh, Veritatis Splendor, the beauty of truth. It was a document written by Pope John Paul II. It's all about morality and freedom and truth. I recommend it to you. A little dense, but accessible, I would say. Anyways, um, yeah, this kind of goes back to that kind of freedom. You know, are you truly free? You know, you think you're free, but you're actually free from constraint. And you might be free from constraint, but you might also still be enslaved. Enslaved to what you think is normalized and healthy behavior, when in actuality, it might not actually be normal or healthy behavior it might actually be hazardous to your health and i think that's where that that's where we we have to be honest with ourselves brothers and sisters and we have to ask ourselves am i truly free or am i enslaved to something that might actually be bad for me, whether it be food or drink or sex or shopping, whether it be something like um, uh, uh, dysfunction within the social circle. So something like gossip or detraction or keeping up with the Joneses. Am I addicted to my work? Am I addicted to accolades? Am I addicted to um whatever it is right am i enslaved to that and can i can i find the humility to admit that i'm actually not free this this thing or this habit this behavior this interior disposition, this pattern of thought, this facade, this masquerade is actually enslaving me. So I give that to you as, as a place for prayer. Um, I, I told this example, I think I may have mentioned this. I know I, I preached this in a homily once years and years ago. And speaking of being ev- eviscerated, um, you remember Bernie Madoff, right? He was the, the hedge fund guy or did something investment banking. You remember he stole all yep. that money from people, you know, and, and then he ended up getting busted. Ponzi scheme, Yeah. The Ponzi scheme. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he ended up getting busted by his kids, you know, and, and, um, Um, He went to jail and, and, and um, I preached a homily once where I said, you know, I wonder if when the cops, you know, hauled him away and, and he was found guilty, if he didn't, even though he was going to go to jail for the rest of his life, um, if he didn't feel free because he no longer had to keep up the masquerade, he no longer had to keep up the lying and the and the deceit and the the whatever and this sort of public persona that he had created of being this whiz this investment whiz and then this you know this uh, uh generous philanthropist of of uh of largesse you know well that was all a masquerade and and what i said in the homily was i think you know did he become did he feel free when all of that? because now he knew he didn't have to he didn't have to be enslaved to this masquerade. So I, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at again is to just to re, to repeat that place for prayer is to, to be honest with ourselves and ask us what might I be enslaved to? And it might not be an object of appetite. it could be anything. And then take that to prayer and ask the Lord to reveal that place to you and then take positive steps to change the pattern of behavior, to break the habit, and to experience true freedom.
1: And then that's why the church has always preaches and does not endorse the practice of asceticisms.
0: Right, right. Asceticisms give us an opportunity to exercise our freedom by saying no to something that is good, like a hot shower or, well, let me rephrase. Asceticism gives us an opportunity to say no to something that is morally neutral, like a hot shower, dessert, TV, whatever, it, my entertainment, asceticisms give us an opportunity to say no to those things so that we can flex our freedom muscle. Yes, I am free to do that. I'm also free not to do that. And that's true freedom.
1: So I, I got one last question to end the podcast. Go. So we got... 2,000 years of the study of freedom inside the Catholic Church. Yeah. But how did it lose its, like, status as, as, hey, we're the front-runners of freedom. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is great stuff. Why isn't it? Yeah. It's. Yeah. I'm just, I'm fr- as I, I, like, discover and unpeel this onion, I get more and more frustrated, like, how have yeah. all these snake oil salesmen been able to pitch their freedom?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then that's, a, that, that's as, a really great question.
1: And then us as Catholics, what do we be, need to be doing to reverse that trend?
0: Yeah. Well, I you know, the first question is complicated, and I think the answer can be as complicated as we want to make it. I think the, 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 the simple answer to the question is freedom has been hijacked by our consumer culture and has been hijacked by our secular culture. So in other words, if you come to church once a week, you're getting one hour, let's say, of this, this formation in true freedom. And then the other 100 and, you know, however many hours in the week, you are saturated by this commercial and secular understanding of freedom. And boy, if you're not taking that one hour, if you're not taking the gospel message to heart, it is quickly going to become diluted amongst the noise of secular or commercial or even political freedom.
1: Like this is a five, yeah. This is a five thousand year old discussion. Like the
0: yeah, yeah. it's yeah. You know the only people who really
1: like this has been going on since Exodus. Like the Exodus. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. It's clear that you should value value freedom and abhor slavery.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, and so I think that's where the, the, we go back to the three, the three definitions that we've offered here this morning or this afternoon, you know, is, yeah, we are free from constraint, but we are also free to pursue excellence. Well, what is the ultimate good? Well, the ultimate good is union with God in heaven, and the only way to union with God in heaven is through communion with Christ and the gospel way of life and and that's really the message that that we need to we need to preach more of. And I think the answer to your second question is you know what can we catholic christians do? And I think we've sort of touched on that a little bit here this this afternoon is well we can check ourselves first and make sure that we are in fact not enslaved to anything, especially things that are not good for us and that we cultivate a life that is ordered to the good, good with a capital G. And then I think the second thing that we can do is periodically, or with more than uh, frequency, um, exercise discipline around our desires to take on self-discipline, self-control, to tell ourselves that there are some things that I am not going to do, And there are some things that I am going to do, and those things that I'm going to do are those things that are best for me and my vocation, and then pursue that
1: in pursuit of freedom.
0: In pursuit of freedom, absolutely, freedom as Christ intends it. And I I, because that
1: word that that word like alone fired up people to fight the Revolutionary War, right fired up people two different versions of freedom right fired up people to fight the civil war right right fired right. up people to fight the two world wars like yeah it right. motivates people
0: yeah yeah and so now just take that take that mindset jimmy and apply it to your eternal soul and get your soul fired up so am I truly free from sin? Am I truly free from that which is not good for me? Am I free from like, sin?
1: Like for me personally, it's am I free from anxiety? Yep, exactly. And like, like last year in Exodus, one of the reflections was like, uh, it was something about which one of Pharaoh's drums do you dance to?
0: Right, right, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I was like, "Oh, uh-huh, like this know, anxiety man. drum has, it has yeah. me like da- dancing." And I'm like, we, I, "I have to stop that."
0: Yeah, you're like, yeah, we're, we can be like Pavlov's dogs sometimes. Anxiety, I, worry, yeah, amen. Fear, anything, anything having to do with our appetites. Yeah, we can be like that. Pavlov's can be dogs, man.
1: That can be somebody's version of of Pharaoh.
0: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yep, we are enslaved to that, and if you're not careful, it can go from being a personal experience of slavery to being a perfect uh, to being a personal experience of hell, hell on earth. Peterson talks about this all the time. Peterson talks about that all the time in the in the first book of the Twelve Rules for Life. He brings that theme up repeatedly.
1: Hell. It's kind of like CS Lewis. Uh-huh. You, you either yeah. choose hell on earth or heaven on earth, but That's you right. choose it.
0: That's right. That's exactly that, right. Now, Blaise Pascal said the same thing in the pen sense. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, great discussion here uh, this afternoon. Thank you uh, for listening. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you uh, not only learned something, but that you found a place for prayer and um, reflection especially if you're doing Beloved 90 or Exodus 90, take some of the things we've talked about here before. Again, I want to point out in the Catechism, starting at paragraph 1730 and going to 1748 are the paragraphs on human freedom. Um, We didn't even get in to the intersection between freedom and grace freedom, and the grace that comes with baptism in Christ. We didn't even get into that. Maybe we can save that for another podcast. Uh, Friends, we're going to get back on the drop of the podcast on a regular basis here. Uh, So stay tuned. We have more things coming. Uh, Thanks for being with us. Uh, I'm going to pray us out, and then Jimmy is going to close with our uh, regular announcement. So friends, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, you call us to freedom as your beloved sons and daughters, to pursue excellence, to pursue all that is good and true and right and holy and to avoid all that isn't. Keep us firmly grounded in the teachings of your Son, Jesus, And may he show us the way to true freedom, for that truth will set us free. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Jimmy, do it. Uh, If you found value in this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe it. That was awesome, Father Craig. One hour on one verse of the Catechism. (laughs) well done thank you sir friends thank you
0: we will see you back here on opening up the tent podcast and we will see you at church peace out